We are well, in the last two months, most of the people work from home. What they do, they usually, most of them say they stay in the pajamas a whole day. They don't have a reason to get dressed. But out of solidarity with all of you, I decided to dress down. Today, I'm not wearing a tie. That's as far as it goes. This week, I mean, last week actually, was an interesting event in Crown Heights. One of the young men in Crown Heights, Abal Chuve, was sick with Corona. For six weeks, he was fighting for his life in the hospital. A miracle took place, he recovered, and he came home. But I saw the video, he's going up the steps to his house, he's climbing the steps very slowly, he's still very sick, but he's alive. And came out, his wife, and little children to greet him. You see the joy on their faces. It was very touching. Then this, his wife was interviewed on one of the Chabad website. And they asked her how you survived in these six weeks. Because they knew she doesn't have a family, the family is supporting Crown Nights. And she's not a part, or she's not somebody who has cousins and second cousins and parents and everything. But she said something very interesting that many people helped her anonymously. She got a phone call from this kosher supermarket that somebody deposited on her account money. He never told her, you just come and buy whatever you need. Don't worry for a second. Everything is covered. She used to get up in the morning and she found under the door, people slipped in envelopes with a lot of cash. No names, no nothing. Some people sent boxes of toys to the house. Nobody knows who paid for it. And she said that's what helped her to carry on for the six weeks that her husband was not providing for the family, was fighting for his life in the hospital. And she thanked everybody. This mitzvah of giving anonymously is called in Hebrew matan beseter, giving in, in hiding, so to speak. And this is considered by Maimonides the highest level of giving charity, of tzedakah. Actually, the highest level is higher than that. The highest level of giving tzedakah charity is to get the person a job. Not to help him, get, get him a job, teach him a trade, and he can support himself. As the famous line, if you give a, fish to, give a person a fish, you feed him for the day. You teach him how to fish, then he's, he can support himself for a lifetime. That's the highest level my money decides. Number two is when the giver doesn't know who he gives and the, and the receiver doesn't know from who he receives it. Number three is the giver knows who he gives or the receiver, at least the receiver doesn't know from who he get, he got it. Because then when he goes on the street, he's not embarrassed to see the guy who helped him. He never knows who it is. And this is unusual, the highest level of charity. But in this passage of this week, we read about a unique way of giving charity. The name of the parsha is Emor. Half of the parsha speaks about giving, uh, is about what the, the loss of the coin, and now if the, 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 this is the concept that the coin cannot go into a cemetery. Cannot, that's written in this parsha, and many more laws about koanim and about the temple. 
The second half of the parsha is about all the holidays of the Jewish calendar. What type of sacrifices we're supposed to offer during each holiday? It starts with Shabbat, then it goes to, uh, to Pesach, counting of the Omer, Shavuot, then Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini everything is covered. But right in the middle, between Shavuos and Rosh Hashanah, there is one line, one verse in the Bible that looks like that doesn't make sense. It's, it's out of place. It's written, speaking to the farmer. In the olden days, everybody, everyone was a farmer. When you harvest your crop, your produce, don't cut everything. Leave by the edge of your field, leave some untouched produce, if it's wheat or barley, whatever it is, and leave it in, uh, attached to the earth. Don't cut it off. That's one mitzvah. And the other one, when you, cut, when you take a whole bunch of, let's say, barley, and you cut it, and one of the curls, uh, curls if one of them falls out of your hand, leave it on the floor. Don't collect it. Leave it to the poor. And right away, Rashi is asking, why is this written here? What does this have to do with the sacrifices? Which sacrifices are you offering at the holidays? Speaking about Pesach and Shavuot and Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, what is this going in? It's, it's in the wrong place. That the, Talmud, the Rashi quotes from the Talmud, that it comes to teach us something very important. That when a person gives charity, it's considered like he built a temple and he offered sacrifices. That's the answer that Rashi gives. And the Rebbe was asking when he spoke about that, he was asking why it's about, why the Torah chose this type of charity of leaving the edge of the field. There is many other places in the Torah that things are written very clear. Give to the poor and support them. Open your hand to the poor. Why this business of living by the edge of the field and not collecting everything that fell off from your hand? Write something normal. And especially that this mitzvah of the edge of the field is already written last week's Pasha. Why repeating the same thing again? There is something very interesting about charity. In general, charity, you have to give charity, just like taxes, like, like paying taxes. But there is a big difference. When you pay tax, you, you don't decide where the money goes. The government decides where the money goes. They will support the poor, but they will decide which poor to support, how to support them, and when to support. It's not up to you, it's up to them. Charity, it's my privilege to decide to who I want to give charity. I decide who is the person to get the money. I decide which coin to give, to which Levi in the time of the temple, to which poor to give. In simple words, because Judaism believes that the money belongs to me, I will decide to who I'm choosing to give. I have the pleasure and the privilege to give it to people that I like. And it's about any type of charity, organization, synagogue, community, whatever it is, I chose, I chose. But every rule has one exception. And there is an exception in this mitzvah that we are learning in this part of this week. When you give, when you give, when this means that you have to live in the edge of the field, it's not up to you. You have to live it by the edge of the field 
there's only there are three mitzvahs, whatever you forgot, whatever it's leket, shikha, and peya. These three mitzvahs, which talks about produce by, that you live in the field, you don't choose who is going to receive it, which you are going to get it. God doesn't say, natontiten, you should give it, just leave it on the field and walk away. Who is going to get it? Whoever, whoever will come. It's none of your business. It's one charity that I don't have control over who is going to receive it. Why the Torah made this type of charity? Why shouldn't we have the choice to decide to who to give it? There is a story about Rabbi, Rabbi Zushe of Anipoli. My name is Zushe. I'm named after this famous Hasidic Rebbe who lived around 200 years ago. His name was Zushe of Anipoli. He was a friend, a very dear, close friend of the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, who actually bought, wrote the book Tanya. It's the Bible of the, of the Hasidic philosophy of Chabad. Both of them were disciples of the Magid of Mezrich, who was, it was the Baal Shem Tov, then it was the Magid of Mezrich, and then it was the Alter Rebbe who started the Chabad movement. The Baal Shem Tov started the general Hasidic movement, then it was the Magid, then... In any case, these two were very dear friends to a point that when the Alter Rebbe published the book Tanya, one of the two endorsement letters to the Tanya was from Reb Zushi of Anipoli. And the story goes that once a Jew, a businessman, saw Reb Zushi of Anipoli somewhere in a synagogue or somewhere, and he saw that he's a very righteous man, and he decided he wants to support him. He was known to be a very, very poor man to an extreme. He started to give him money, give him charity, and his business was better. He gives them more, it's even better. He gives them more, and he's a businessman. He understands business. You give and you make more. It was amazing. One day, he comes to town to look for a Zusha, and he's, he's, not, he's not in the synagogue. He's looking for him. Where is the Rebbe, Reb Zusha of Anipoli? Oh, he went for the holidays to his Rebbe. Where he went? To Mezrich. That Reb Zusha is a Rebbe? Told him, yeah, the Maggid of Mezrich, a very holy man. Is he holier than Zusha? He said, yes. He's a businessman. He thinks to himself, if I give Reb Zusha so, the money in I'm doing so well, I'll go to his Rebbe, who is much holier than him. I'll give him. Business will be booming. He started to go to Mezrich. He's going to Mezrich and he's giving, he started to give money to the market of message for his synagogue and institutions and everything. But something strange happened. Business started to go down. He gives, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. He's a smart man. He understood right away something went wrong. He decided he's going back to Reb Zusha. He comes to shul. He starts to cry, Rebbe, what happened? I, you, you are... I gave you, and business was booming. I gave you Rebbe. You yourself told me that your Rebbe is much holier than you and much more righteous than you. Why is the business going down? Told them the calculation was right, or the whole thing was wrong. When you gave charity without checking, without measuring who deserves it more and who deserves it less, Hashem also gave you success without measuring if you, if who deserves it more and who deserves it less. But when you started to measure who is more righteous, 
God also started to measure with more edges. And that's what we see in this mitzvah that you had connected to the field, to living at the edge of the field. God tells you, in general, you have control or you give the money. But from, there is one type of, one unique type of charity that in this case, it's not up to you who is going to get the charity. It's up to God. But he's an alcoholic, he will buy alcohol with it. And he's a drug addict, he will, none of your business. If God wants him to get it, he will get it. Because by this, you break yourself. It's not, I, I'm in control. You let, you let go. And when you let go, and you give without measuring who is all here, who deserves it and who doesn't deserve it. I, had, I told the story to somebody this week, and he reminded me that he once told me years ago, he goes to downtown to a game or something, he takes with him $20, and he chooses who of the people who are collecting money there, well, he will give. He sees somebody who really looks like a nice guy, he gives him the $20, but the rest of them he ignores. I told him, you're going downtown, don't make these calculations. Give everyone a dollar and move on. It's none of your business. And you, when I don't choose, when I don't measure who is more righteous and who is less, God will not measure if I deserve it or not. If I don't measure who deserves it, God will not measure it on me too. And he will give me and all of us abundance of blessing, even when we don't deserve it. Because he loves us and he's our father in heaven. And when we do it, we get the same reflection back. My friend, thank you all for joining me tonight. And we will do the same thing next week, all the way until God will have Rahmanas on us, have mercy on us, and will be able to, to join together in this synagogue. Now looking at this empty synagogue is not so exciting. I'm looking forward to see you here. But until then, we will reconvene next Thursday night. Good night. Thank you.